Today we are starting a brand new series called Timing, Timing. But if you got your Bible today, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, reading from verse 1, it says, As God's partners. I love the fact that we get invited into the work of God. God doesn't say, hey, I'm just going to sort this out by myself. He sees you and I as his partners in this thing. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. You know, it's like, don't put it aside. You've received it. Don't ignore it, but, but use it. For God says, at just the right time, at just the right time, I heard you, and on the day of salvation, I helped you. How many would say God has helped their life? Yeah, God's helped my life in many ways. I'm thankful that God is our ever-present help in our time of trouble. It says, indeed, the right time is now. The right time is now, and today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. When it comes to the kingdom of God, there's a here and now aspect to it, but also there's a, a not yet. I like Paul. Paul, in his accounts, he would say, we, we are saved. We have been justified to, by God, by what Christ accomplished on the cross. But he also says we are being saved. That means we're being sanctified. We're a work in progress. And then he goes on and he says, there's going to come a day where we will be saved. And that's about glorification, where the Bible says the moment we see Jesus, we will be like Jesus. How many are looking forward to that day? But up to that time, yes, we know that we are saved, but we're in this process of being saved. And so many people miss this, and, and they struggle with the timing of God. In fact, I struggle with timing altogether. Clapping can be a challenge with some songs. You know, when you don't have rhythm and timing, it's like, oh, when's, when, when am I supposed to clap? But the timing, I've found, is something that you feel. In fact, the more you think about timing, it's almost like you'll be out of time. You'll miss the time. Uh, one thing i found about God, though, is God doesn't have bad timing. He has perfect timing. He, he's right on time. Sometimes, though, it's just not on our time. Now, now when it comes to time in the Bible, uh, there's two Greek words that are, that are used to, to unpack what time means. There's the word chronos, which means chronological time. That's where you get the word chronological from. And so chronological time is more linear, and it's quantitative. But when it comes to God, we're going to see that God lives outside of time and he's not governed by clocks and calendars. Uh, God sees time different. In fact, time's a created thing. And there's a word in the Greek that's used uh, called kairos. And kairos means a special time or a chosen time or it's, it's a God time. It's, it's, it's just powerful and right. It's like, like, there's a fixed time where he goes, this is a time where I'm going to use this for my purposes. And, and kairos is non-linear. It's not quantitative, but it's qualitative. It's a qualitative version of time. And that's kairos. It's like time with a big T. But how many know when it, when it comes to you and I, uh, uh, trusting God's timing is not easy. I've been following Jesus for some time, chronological time, 
now, you know, for a long time, but, but I still struggle to get my head around, oh God, when are you going to break through? When, when are you going to fulfill this? You know, I thought this would be different by now. I thought I wouldn't still be sorting out these things or struggling with these things. I, I thought by now this would have happened. I thought by now the, the Warriors would have won a championship. I thought by now, you know, I'd own a house or I'd be married or, you know, all these things. I thought by now, when God, and, and it's like, you know, when you're doing everything you can, but you're still waiting for a moment for things to come together. You're waiting for this moment. See, there's moments in God where things shift, where things change. Man, maybe sometimes it's just meeting the right person. Yeah, you have a divine connection. And through that divine connection, something takes place. You know, you meet the right person, the magic happens. For those who are married right now, you can reminisce of that moment. You know, that happens, or somebody connects you with somebody else. It's just this time, and, and your business or your career just goes to a whole new trajectory. You know, there, there's a divine moment, you know, where there's just a moment, a window of divine opportunity put in front of you to invest, to make a difference. And as a result of that, your influence and your impact increases. But there's many of us, you know, we sit there and we go, man, I just feel like uh, I'm in the right place, but I'm at the wrong, it's the wrong time. I'm just missing the timing here. There's others of us who go, well, I'm in the wrong place at the right time. And, and what's happening is that our timing is off. It's like, I, I've got something in my heart. I feel like I've heard God's purpose for my life, but, but I feel so far from it. I got this word, I got this promise, but my reality speaks against it. I feel called to an area. See, man, many of us hearing, even those hearing my voice today, you feel called in your heart to something bigger and greater than what you're currently in, but you don't feel the release yet to pursue it. Today, I want to highlight the difference between being called and being sent. So that's what we're going to look at today, the difference between being called and being sent. So let's go to Luke chapter 9, because we see this in, in just two verses. In Luke 9, verse 1, it says, Then he called his 12 disciples. He called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them. So first he, he called them. But then it's, verse 2, it says, He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, the name of our church is Equippers Church, but before we were called Equippers, we had a few other names. Uh, when we first came to Auckland, it was called City Apostolic Church. City Apostolic Church. Uh, we changed our name from that because many people couldn't pronounce the word Apostolic. They used to go, is this the Apolistic Church or is this the Apolostic Church? You know, so they couldn't pronounce it, let alone know what it meant. And so we thought, hey, we'll change our name. So we changed our name to Auckland City Church. Auckland City Church, nice, simple name. That got shortened to ACC. Uh, and many people got confused there because ACC is Accident Compensation Corporation or it got confused with Auckland City Council. And so we thought, hey, well, let's get a name that just identifies our mission and our purpose. And that's where we changed it to Equippers, which is Equippers is about equipping people for life. You know this well, through faith in Jesus Christ. 
but the word, what you've got to see, that the word sent that's used here uh, in the Greek is apostolo. And apostolo is the, 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 the verb for, for the word apostolic. And, and what apostolic simply means, and so I'm going to help you with the understanding of that word, apostolic means simply sent ones. And, and, and here many people have heard the word, oh, they're an apostle. Well, what is an apostle? An apostle simply means, and, and you've got to get this, an apostle is a gift from Jesus. And I want you to notice the difference here. The gifts, uh, there's gifts from Jesus and there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now today, I don't want to minimize the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe in them. We desire them. We want them. We believe in the work of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit. And we need them, those gifts every day for our everyday lives. But you've got to understand these gifts that Jesus gave himself. He gave specific gifts himself. And in Ephesians chapter 4, we find out what those gifts were. And it says, and he himself, this being Jesus, he himself gave some, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, that's you and I, you may not feel like a saint right now, but by the finished work of Jesus on the cross, he calls you a saint, uh, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And, and here in this verse, Paul's saying, uh, Jesus himself gave gifts to humanity. So these gifts were given to humanity. And so some of you are going, well, well how do these gifts help me? How does an apostle help me? How does a pastor help me? How do, how do these help? Well, to answer that question, you need to ask Jesus because he gave the gift. Think about that. He gave the gift, and you don't want to return the gift that he gave you, do you? See, see this passage actually tells us why he gave the gifts. Now, I am one of those gifts. I, I, I'm, I'm a gift to you. Some of you may not feel that way, but I am a gift to you. I'm one of those gifts. Uh, you don't want to return me. <laughs> there's no returns. In fact, there's no returns on that one. Um, but these gifts, get this, these gifts are for the equipping of the saints, the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Uh, who does the ministry in the body of Christ? The saints. We all do. As a saint, I do the work of the ministry. As a saint, I'm involved in ministry like every believer should be. I'm involved in the ministry, but as a pastor, what do I do? I equip you. I equip you. So that means if you've got a friend who's going through some troubles and problems, you know, you go, Pastor, you know, can you come and help that person? And, and yes, I will. You know, I'll always want to help anybody in need, but I'm limited to one person. And so the whole way that this works, that God's designed it, is that he, He's given gifts to equip people so that they don't need a pastor to help them. They actually can be mobilized themselves and, and minister to that person. Oh, I, I, pastor, I've got a, a friend that needs to accept Jesus. You know, uh, can you pray with them? Yeah, yes, I can as a saint pray with them. But as a pastor, my role is actually to equip you so that you can lead them to Jesus. And there's a difference here. And, and what apostle in the Bible means, it simply means sent one, or a person who's been sent with a message. 
Now, I, I believe there's apostles in the business world. I believe there's apostles in education and, and, and medicine. Uh, they're apostles. Uh, they're, they're sent with a message. They're not an, an apostle in that they equip others, but they have an apostolic function to their life because they have been sent. Question I want to ask today is, are you a sent one? Are you a sent one? Some of you know you are because you've been sent into education. You've been sent. You feel called to the creative arts. And, and you've been sent into that field. You've been sent into media. There, there's a call and you've been sent. Do you know, we've all been sent into our neighborhood. We've all been sent to bring about God's kingdom in those places. In fact, before the word apostle found its way into the Bible, the Romans, it was used in the Roman Empire because what was given was, you know, an apostle was sent out on behalf, on behalf of the Roman Empire. And when they had taken a new territory, that apostle, along with a company of people, were commissioned to bring about Roman culture in that new occupied territory. Now, now we don't come on top of people. That's not how the kingdom of God works. It's totally different to the Roman Empire. But, but the premise is that, that, that an apostle, an apostolic company of people, it, their role, they're being sent to bring about kingdom culture. Now, kingdom culture supersedes any other culture. Because in kingdom culture, there's righteousness, there's joy, there's peace in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's what you find as a result of, of kingdom culture. Now, now, people have been sent into those places, but, but here's the difference. Uh, here's the thing we've got to grapple with. There's a difference between, in time between being called and being sent. And this is the process where a lot of people get lost in disillusion. It's because, oh, well, I feel called, but when I'm I going to be sent? See, today, a lot of people want God's promises but they don't want to embrace his processes. And I want to say even Jesus himself went through a process before he was commissioned. He was a carpenter for 30 years. Now, you've got, you've got to get this. As a carpenter, you know, was it possible that he made a crutch for people he could have healed? You know, they needed a crutch, but he made that crutch, but he could have healed them. Was it, was it possible that he could have even built a casket for somebody he could have resurrected. For 30 years, he didn't do a miracle. 30 years. What was he doing? He was learning obedience as a human. Because you've got to remember, God was fully human and fully divine at the same time. Fully human and fully divine. But, but what we're going to see is that there's a process between being called and sent. Uh, people come to me and, and say, oh, pastor, don't you understand, man? I, I, I've got this call. I've got this call. And I'm going like, well, you don't understand. Everyone, everyone has a call. It doesn't matter so much what you've been called to as much as have you been sent? Have you been sent? Have you gone through a process to have the authority to function in that call? It's a process that develops you to fulfill the responsibility of that call. See, see, the call is to what, to where, and to whom. Being sent, though, is to have the authority or the anointing to operate in that area. 
Uh, let me give you some uh, examples. Abraham in the Bible, we all know Father Abraham and many sons. Yeah, Father Abraham. He was called at 75 to be the father of many nations. That's when God spoke to him. He was called at 75, but he wasn't sent until he was 100 years old. That's when Isaac was born. But the temptation he found between the call and the sending is to produce the call in the flesh. Between 75 and 100 in fact, at the age of 86, Abraham and Sarah got together and they were trying to figure out how to f- fulfill the call in the flesh. And as a result, they brought a whole lot of carnage. Because they didn't understand there's a gap between the call and the sending. Get, get this, Moses was called to be a deliverer from birth. In fact, Moses' name, the origins of his name means drawn out. He was drawn out of the Nile. But his call and his commission was also to draw out a nation or deliver a nation from slavery. But he wasn't sent until he was 80 years of age. At 40, though, at 40, he tried to produce the call in the flesh. He was so arrogant, he thought he could deliver Israel one Egyptian at a time. And he wasn't ready. So God had to send him into the desert for 40 years to look after sheep. And after 40 years of looking after sheep, God says, now, now you're ready. And it's interesting, Moses' response, he goes, I can't, I, I can't talk. He's been looking after sheep for a long time, for 40 years. After that amount of time, you think, you know, it would be a little bit difficult to talk. But here's what God said to Moses. Moses was saying, I can't. And God says, now you're ready. Now you're ready. At 40, you thought you could do it by yourself. But now you know I will be the one who does it through you. And I think God works this process in each and every one of us. Look at Paul, who was the preeminent apostle in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 9, he has a radical encounter with Jesus and gets saved. Gets knocked off his horse. And then Ananias comes to him and and the whole lot of Christians, they're freaked out by Saul because before Paul, who, who was Saul, uh, Saul went around killing Christians. And so the New Testament early church were, were freaked out by him. But Ananias went to him and, and said this, but the Lord said to Ananias, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and the children of Israel. Uh, get this, in this verse, you have a what, you have a where, and you have a to whom but you don't have a win. You don't, you don't have a win. And, and here, here's a call in Acts chapter nine. But I wanna say, if we're gonna develop our call to a place where we're sent, there's some things that we need to embed within our life. At Equipus Church, we often have this expression, significant ministry flows from significant relationship. This is all about relationship. We're just simply a whole lot of friends challenging one another to go higher in God. We're not here to build an institution. Uh, We are a body of people. And and relationship is where our authority to fulfill the call actually comes from. 
And, and I want us to read on in Acts chapter 9, because listen to how Paul, who was Saul, de- developed this. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 26, and it says, And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him, as you would be too. This dude has been killing Christians. Next minute, he's coming to church. You know, what's his agenda? Has he got another motive? And, and it says, And did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, to the apostles, and declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and he had spoken to him, and how he preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem. Get this, Paul was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. Now, at the start, they didn't trust him. So what needed to happen is they needed to build relationship with him. How long was he with them coming in and going out, he was preaching, and that before he was sent? How long did it take Paul, perhaps the most effective Christian outside of Jesus? You know, we're still reading his words today. How how long did it take? Well, listen, he, he was called in 34 AD, 34 AD, but he was sent, he was sent in 48 AD. That's 14 years, 14 years. Get this, it took Jesus 30 years. But we live in a microwave world where we want to put it in the microwave for two minutes and we wonder why the insides come out cold. It's simply because it takes time for this to happen. This means that he didn't minister to the people in the process of being sent because we're all saints. We're all being equipped to minister to our world. But in Acts chapter 9, he was called. In Acts 13, he was sent. And I want to say relationships are important to your calling. Now, now when people hire people, you know, often the expression today, and I know there's a lot of job vacancies out there, is people use the expression, man, it's just hard to find good people. It's really hard to find good people. Good, I want to say, good people are good people because they've been through a process. But, but hiring in the world uh, you know, embraces a different process in a lot of places. Is, is What you do is you interview them, you don't really know them, but you end up giving them the position. And with that position comes authority. It comes authority, yet yeah, they've got... Uh, authority to operate because of that position. And, and with that position become, comes responsibility. And, and you hope you can trust them, but you don't really fully know them. And, and after time of fulfilling a level of responsibility, trust is given. And then you go then into a deeper level of relationship. That's how it works in the world. I want you to follow that pattern. It's like we give position and authority. From there comes responsibility. Then from that responsibility comes trust. And then from that trust, we go to a level of relationship. I want to say in the kingdom, it's the reverse. The process is relationship. Then once you have relationship, you go to trust. Then once you go from trust, you go to responsibility, which then, here's your now moment, is then you have the position and the authority. And I, I want to say that takes years. I, I'm glad that Equipus Church is not a short-term wonder, not here today, you know, and gone tomorrow. In fact, there's years of relationship 
in this room, years of relationship around the ministers who, who, we, have been, who we, we feel we've been called together to outwork this thing. There, these years, and from those years of relationship, trust has been established. And then we're growing in our responsibility. And as a result, you know, we're growing in our authority. And I want to say relationship is the key. And as Proverbs 7 is the key, because in Proverbs 27, 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Now, now countenance is more than a face. It's your, your personhood or it's your personality. It means what's going on in the inside of you makes your face look the way it does. It, it, get this, if your soul is sad, it, the chances are your face is sad. If your soul is excited, uh, your face is going to be excited. And your personhood of, are made up of, of, of experiences from your background. And, and here's the thing. If we haven't been healed from past experiences, what happens is the moment we come into a place of authority, we end up doing the very thing that was done to us. See, the people can, who can help you, there's only people who can help you in your relationship. They're the iron that sharpens the iron. And I want to say, you'll never fulfill the call of God on your life outside of being sent from, from, from a group of people who are in relationship together. And this is why we need to embrace the process. In fact, I would say, let's not just embrace the process. I believe a word from God is some of, for some of us is we need to enjoy the process. God has a big call on your life, but you need to develop the character for that call. And he wants to send you. He wants to send you because he's got somewhere he wants you to go. He's got something he wants you to do. He's got someone he wants you to help. And he sends you when you're ready. And I want to say today, we're all in process in some way. In fact, you might want to talk to the person sitting next to you and say, you're in process. Because none of us have arrived, we're all in process. And there's a moment and there's a time where God will promote us, when that thing in our heart will come to a place of fulfillment. But, but we've got to understand that comes from God. And I like how the psalmist put it. And this is how I'm going to finish today. Psalm 75, he says, We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your wondrous works and declare your name is near. Your name is near. And he goes, when I chose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. He will do. And if we jump down, from, uh, jump down to verse 6, it says, For exaltation or promotion comes from neither from the east nor the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and he exalts another. Yeah, we live in a world today where there's a lot of self-promotion going on. <laughs> Um, one thing we need to resist is self-promotion. One thing I've found is if you promote yourself, you've got to keep yourself in that position. But if God promotes you, and you want to know God's timing, because God's timing is perfect timing. He knows, that, he knows when your internal world can handle your outer world. In fact, a lot of tragedy, a lot of implosion happens when, when our outer world is bigger than our inner world. And we've got to believe in His timing when it comes to what's in our heart. You know, you take promotion as in terms of advertising. Today, uh, when it comes to a product, people 
can't engage in misleading advertising. They can't make claims that aren't true. And if God's going to promote you in any place or any position, He wants to make sure that your inner world stacks up. He doesn't want to be taken to the Commerce Commission. (laughs) You know, He doesn't want to get done under Section 9 of the Fair Trading Act. That's why as a people, we've got to continually trust His timing. And His timing is perfect. And some of you, you feel so far removed. Yeah, I've got this call. I call it, and you're wondering why it hasn't come together. I want to say you're in process. Embrace the process. Celebrate the process. Enjoy the process. Because the moment where you feel like you are ready is the moment probably you're further away. But God takes us through to a place where we go, man, I don't want this. And the moment you say, I've given it to you, God, is the moment God says, now's the time. And His time is perfect. And I believe God is bringing people into a place where they're going to fulfill that call, that dream that God deposited in their heart. The enemy would have you question it, doubt it, and even some places ignore it and go on to something else. But I want to say God's called you. You just need to hang on because in due time, as the Bible says, if you sow, you will reap. And if you, 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 you don't lose heart, in due time, you will reap. But you just got to hold on to Him and thank Him that His timing is perfect. Come on, wherever you are right now, can you thank God for His perfect timing? Can you thank God that He's working for you even when you don't see it? He's knitting. My mother would say, He's knitting behind your back. He's bringing things together. And I believe in this next season, there's going to be divine connections, divine opportunities for influence and impact. Not so that we can say, look how good we are, but so that we can declare His wondrous works and how great our God is. He's amazing. And He's for you today. So wherever you are, how about closing your eyes? Jesus, I thank you. Lord, you're present by your Spirit. And I pray that you'd make yourself known in a real and a powerful way to every life listening to this. For those who don't know you and not in relationship with you, I pray today would be their day where they'd open their hearts to you, that they'll receive your grace, your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, you've done it all. We just need to believe. Today, if you're not living in right relationship with God, the Bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. We all need a Savior. We can try and live this life by ourselves, trying to outwork something on the inside that that we feel we're called to in our own strength. But you and I have been designed to know Jesus and live in relationship with Him. To get right with God, it's not about being perfect because none of us are. It's not about even being good because our good is not good enough. It's about receiving the gift that Jesus has given us, the gift of salvation. It's a free gift. And if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you prepare to confess with your mouth, God will meet you right where you are. 
Just pray a simple prayer like this. Jesus, I come to you today. I open the door of my heart. I ask you to come in and be my Lord and Savior. Today, I ask for your forgiveness for my sin. And I make a decision to live my life with you and for you. Today, I declare, I am yours and you are mine. We pray this in your name. Amen.